Hey, welcome back to Viva Las Vixens. This is Bessie. This is Zuzu. And today we are doing the HBO series The White Lotus and pairing it with This Ain't Burger King. You're not having it your way. Customer service edition. What are your thoughts on this show? I thought it was very accurate, but still light enough to enjoy without being just like, I live this every day, so why do I need to watch it happen? Were you all on the hype train with it? I feel like it really got blown up. It took a few clients to really be like, no, Bessie, this is your type of show. (laughs) For me to be like, okay. So it was definitely all finished and out before I started watching it. It was good. Sharp, social, satire show that just exploits and shows the misadventures of every guest and employee. Yeah, it's definitely a good hyperbolic view of rich white people. But I mean, a lot of the times that that is the reality of it and how they act, unfortunately. And that Um, was just like a week. Like the show was just a week. So like crazy stuff, you know, just day to day. But like when that is your career, it feels it feels much more heavy and longer than that. I mean, and that's how it they did a good job showing that in the show. Like, even though it was only a few days, it felt like, God damn, when is it going to be? Over? <laughs> when are they leaving this place? Right. I love and that he said, enough. like, um, you have to treat them as children. Yeah, they get everything they want. They don't even know what the fuck they want or what day it is or where they are or who we are and what is going on. So you just have to treat them like children. (laughs) Yeah. And a lot of the time you need to tell them what they want. Like they're coming to you and they're being all fussy because they don't know what they want. They just want you to take care of it. Because I can understand if you are in a high profile job or you make all the decisions, you want someone else to tell you. But it's like, there's Mm -hmm. a way to go about that, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like treating people like real humans. Exactly. (laughs) And I think the show really captured just like the metaphor for the lack of like morality with capitalism and just the tourism and in Hawaii, you know, especially, but just all over. Yeah. And just like the commodifying of people and of cultures Mm-hmm. And just like, well, I paid to come here, so dance for me. <laughs> exactly. Which, for being in the service industry, and I know you have been before too, mm-hmm. like, when you are just treating your service worker as equal, even if in your head you don't feel that way, but like you just act that way and treat them that way, they will go above and beyond for you way more than just like when when you treat them like you should expect that type of privilege out of us it's so sad to like we when you're in the service industry you someone just acting like a normal person a normal decent person gets so much reward from Mm -hmm. us like I'm like, oh, I'm not going to charge you for that extra topping that you wanted. Or (laughs) I'm going to give you an extra shot of espresso because you um, didn't spit in my face. (laughs) Like you you really have to do the bare minimum to get us to like you. Right. It's it's a low bar because... Like human... I don't know if humanity just is that awful. Right. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Or if it's like a special kind of human that you get exposed to all the time when you're working in service. Yeah. And I think it needs to be mandatory for like everyone to work in service before they move on to a different kind of job. I think if you just want to go get service done by anybody where it's personal or intimate or just face to face over the phone, any of it, I think you have to work that job because I don't honestly off the top of my head, I can't think of any service worker past or present that I know or anyone who has close family or friends or partners in the service industry that treat them like shit because they know like even in times where 
um, Zach and I are out somewhere and maybe the server at a restaurant is very off-putting or like just doing a terrible job there we obviously want like there's a thing inside of us that wants to treat that person badly or like be rude to them back Mm -hmm. but you can't it's so hard to get yourself to do it if you've been in that position before because you know like there's so many factors that go into someone acting like that towards you i've i'm definitely the bitch behind the counter i've been that person and (laughs) i know that i'm that person and there are times where i've been that person i've looked the customer in the eye who didn't deserve my uh, snappiness towards Mm -hmm. them and seen that like they are upset by it. And then I turn it around, but uh, I've been there. It's hard to like get out of it because you just expect everyone that comes up to you to be a monster. Oh, for sure. We have to wake up. Well, luckily with having like just kind of like my own clients I've been doing for years now, I don't have to anymore or ask so much, but yeah, you have to wake up and mentally prepare for whoever you can face today. Exactly. And I think the show starts off literally like that. They're just like, fake the smile, come on. And then with even in a few minutes of them getting off the boat, that uh, older lady with her mom's ashes is already like, can you please, please squeeze me in? Like, I really need a massage. And it's just like, I don't have the time. I'm so sorry. Maybe tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, being accommodating, but right off the bat, it's it's what they expect. It's, it's more, gimme, more, gimme. more. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I told you, I don't have a time. I can't pull one <laughs> out of my ass. I know. I'm not lying to you. Also, exactly. like, there are other people that exist in this right. world. And if all you guys think nobody else exists, this is never going to (laughs) work. Her character did such a good job of making me hate her. But Jennifer Coolidge, that's been like almost all of her characters that she's ever played. So I I can't distinguish between the real person and the character (laughs) at this point. Yeah, I like her. Mm -hmm. I think she did really good. And just playing that. You kind of liked her and felt bad because she was alone and had her mom's ashes. But then it's also just like she still lives in this world that nobody else besides a few really know. Mm-hmm. And I've been kind of in the position of Belinda um, where you have a customer who recognizes something in you, sees like a certain trait or skill that could be useful in a different arena and they try to open that opportunity to you, but it never becomes anything. Yeah. Uh, And that's always the worst. It's so uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. when you're in that position, these people don't understand that even throwing the smallest crumb, your mind is automatically reworking your whole future around this. You're like, oh my God, I'm, if I send out this email to this person they told me about and I get a job with them, I could, my whole life will change. I can get this apartment or this house that I've been looking at. I can move, I can do all this stuff. And it, it almost never becomes anything and they don't realize what they're doing. Like you're at such a disadvantage and they're, just lording something over you but they don't realize that yeah we see that little crumb is like like a whole cracker package yeah exactly it's like this <laughs> is a whole, whole new teams, world I, I want all of them <laughs> but that's usually like the case like the few clients that i am really really close to and can call friends are the ones who you know throw me a little money even if they don't make as much as some of my other ones do or they take me and Lewis out or they want Mm -hmm. us to experience a new restaurant so they give us a gift card or you know something like that Mm -hmm. or they're just like Bessie if I had you know just money to shit like I'd buy you a shop like I want to see you succeed Mm -hmm. and it's so nice and thoughtful but it's it's also never the ones you know my clients that make millions and you know tip you the bare minimum which you know, is fine, but it's, you know, that there's a reason they have those different mindsets. People who have money 
don't care about other people usually. And I mean, usually people that have money don't like to spend it, which is like good practice, but it's, it's really the people that make you think that there's even a chance that are evil. Right. Exactly. Like, don't even tell me, like, don't even (laughs) say anything. Just be normal. Walk through life. Like, uh, when I worked at Whole Foods, I, there would be this guy that would always come in. We should have a whole other episode of like the creepiest things like men say whenever you're working in service because <laughs> yeah. there is just, it's insane. Th- there are things I think about still that are, <laughs> like make me sick. Um, but this man, he would always come in, talk to me on like Sunday mornings. He was nice, but he was like a big Chad type person. And the second I told him what I was doing, like interning Mm-hmm. as um he got his like base lit up he's like oh, i have a friend that's like really big in that industry and gave me his email and he's like just send him an email uh and i'm just like uh this feels very weird but yeah. like did it it obviously never became anything but his friend was polite with me and i was just like why why do this like you see a pretty girl she says like she does something that other than making smoothies for you and you get so excited. She has a brain and it's like, Oh my God, email my like really like top friend who makes a lot of money in this industry and has a business and all this shit. But I wanted to get out of there. So I did. Yeah. It's, it's the hope and it's always that tie that you never hope they're also wanting something with that kind of like, yeah little help they gave you that little crumb if it ever Mm -hmm. did become something but i think it was a good way they went episode by episode we got to see the characters unravel into that ugly you know slowly but surely and it's kind of just masked by their luxury lifestyle they live and actually read a lot of reviews on the show and a lot of people bash the show just based on like why i didn't really like any of the characters and it's like that's, that's the, the point. point. Like, yeah. that is the point. <laughs> no one really likes them. That's, yeah, like, if you liked them, then the show would actually not be anything. No one would well, be complaining about being yeah. in the service industry. Or there would be no story. Like, right, the whole that point, that's the, like, the motivation for everything, for the way the service industry um, characters react and their motivations to throughout the show and then how these characters keep progressing and you see good to them obviously like they're humans the show isn't uh it's not obviously going to take time to show all of the aspects of these people but you do see you know the good and the bad Mm -hmm. in them um i saw no good in what's her face's husband the young oh oh definitely no he was literally off the bat the worst like i could kind of feel for everyone else mm-hmm. but like him i didn't see one ounce of like decent <laughs> no he was just a little man baby and the end when she just kind of swallowed her pride and said nothing's wrong everything's okay was just so chilling <laughs> i know i really thought she wasn't going to but like of course mm-hmm. she's going to a lot of people yeah. are gonna kind of settle for that to be taken care of in a way Mm -hmm. yeah you just kind of close off that part of you and you're like well i guess the benefit outweighs the negative for now Mm -hmm. right i thought it was good how the directors and casters set it up how it's like they're introducing side characters with like little background whose storylines don't necessarily resolve like like the girl who was messing with the guy that worked there from hawaii Mm-hmm. but it shows in each of their cases take on roles that aren't really part of the plot but it's really only serving that main character in order to push their story along like that just seems what they're doing their whole life like kind of using think they're doing decent to somebody but they're really just fucking them over and then it's just like for themselves even if it's not meant to fuck somebody over like she got that dude like fired she ruined his life yeah it's like not just that he was fired right right probably went to jail and can't get a job (laughs) at one of these hotels again which is right the whole livelihood their livelihood yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's that whole well those two characters the two younger girls 
obviously they're meant to infuriate you. They were probably the characters I disliked the most outside of the um, husband where, Mm -hmm. I mean, actually I think personally I disliked them more than him because they were too real for me. They (laughs) were like the people I knew in high school. It's just these young privileged women who read books in college and think that they know the world and think that they understand the world's problems. They want to use their privilege to help people or they want to completely turn a blind eye to their privilege and Mm -hmm. judge everyone else for not bending over backwards to make up for the sins of their people or something like that. And yeah, her talking to him and trying to, and successfully motivating him to rob her friend's family. (laughs) It just shows like how ignorant she is to what the actual problems are. And she's just like, you can get that money. You can get a lawyer. You can fight this. And I'm like, are you joking? Even if he got this $75,000 bracelet or if he stole all of them, that's a bit more than that. This resort conglomerate has so much more money to fight back. Even Mm -hmm. if you can get a lawyer with that money, the fees, it's just too much. It'll probably maybe end up in a settlement, but most likely you're going to lose. Like, well, yeah, it just shows that they don't actually face consequences like the other part of society has to. Mm-hmm. And that they just the want to do part. something to yeah. feel good. Right. Like, it's going to make her feel good to think that she helped someone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just funny because she goes on a trip with her friend and then she completely, like, turns her back on her friend and her friend's family because she thinks she's better. Right. And then eventually they're just BFFs again. I was just yeah. like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Especially after her friend tried to like hit on her. Hit well, on it's, him. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like her friend has been like shitty for kind her. of <laughs> sociopathic with her, their whole relationship. Yeah. And she just sticks with it, which reminds me so much of people I know. It's just oh, crazy. Sure. I, who's your favorite character? Probably Belinda. Like you she, think so? <laughs> yeah, I think she was great because she really, first of all, she seems like a very good person, mm-hmm. and the way that she also knows how to game things for her advantage. Like she knew yeah. how and when to be there for uh, Jennifer Coolidge's character. And then I loved seeing that, like, switch flip in her the second she knew that her dream wasn't going to come true. And she basically told that uh, the guy's wife to fuck off. Like, Mm -hmm. just, okay, why would I care about your problems? (laughs) Even though she was, like, so accommodating in the beginning. I just, I've been there where I've had a good day and been in a good mood. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'll go above and beyond for you. Just let me know. And then, like, the customer comes in on a bad day. And I'm just like what the fuck do you want? Like, just get in and get out, please. Mm -hmm. Who was yours? Uh, Armand. Yeah, he's great. He was so good, because you could tell, like, like, I genuinely think people, for the most part, there are people, you know, like me, that want to be in the service industry. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a starter job. It's not just to get it rolling. Like, you know, I want to do this. Mm Mm-hmm. And he gave me a little bit of that vibe, just kind of like towards the end of his career of like, I'm fucking over it. <laughs> so he just, he faked it so well. And just his downfall that everybody had was just like sad, but they made it so funny. Like just the drugs, mm-hmm. him like hitting on the girls' his dad. And he's like, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> him eating that dude's ass that worked there. That was awesome. <laughs> that was like the best part of the whole show. I was just like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love that whole little party scene. He he was a great character. The whole time he was hiding in that hotel room, like there were so many opportunities <laughs> where I was just like, you could you could run, run out. You can I know, run out I know. right now. But I knew he was going to die. I, I, I didn't day. think it was going to be him for some reason. Who did you think it was going to be at the beginning? Honestly, I don't even think I had any idea. Like, I thought it was just 
kind of going to be like a random worker, like not such a big character. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, someone died at the resort. Like, oh my God, who? But then I also thought it was like maybe his wife because he wasn't there Mm -hmm. with her in the beginning at the airport. Mm -hmm. I think that is what they were trying to like trick us into thinking at first. Um, And then Zach thought that the guy jennifer coolidge was sleeping with was gonna like die of emphysema and it was just gonna be one of those things i was like "Mm, you might be onto something but armand is really on a downward downward spiral right now yeah oh also i wanted to talk about kai is the name of the hawaiian worker that the friend was uh sleeping with Mm -hmm. he definitely reminded me of like kind of being that exotic service industry worker Mm -hmm. that you know people come in and they're like oh he's so attractive or they're so attractive yeah exactly i'm a human being (laughs) yeah and like them being nice to you because they're attracted to you and then Mm -hmm. ruining your life like just there's always got to be that one yeah that's why any client that's like oh you look nice today i'm like no thank you (laughs) <laughs> don't look at me and they're like what and i'm like i know you don't mean it like that i just can't take compliments in that way if it's not damn bessie your arms look swole i don't want to <laughs> hear it <laughs> yeah it's very uncomfortable like because even what, if what it's in a nice do? way i'm still just like oh okay thanks you know yeah. but it's still like well because you think about it the whole time you're yeah. interacting with them after that like anytime it's too many stories to tell about that but um yeah like a man came up to me once when I was making his sandwich and he's just like oh my god please tell me that songs have been written about your eyes and I'm like these brown things no they haven't you should just broke out in song like do brown eyes as he put like too much mayo on his sandwich that would have been great well because he didn't even like let me answer the question before he started. He literally started riffing poetry at me about my eyes. He's like, I'd write so much poetry about your eyes. And then he went on about like your deep brown eyes and something, something I'm like, ew, ew, ew. (laughs) I don't even remember making him a sandwich. Like I don't remember. And I'm convinced actually that he didn't even get a sandwich and he just (laughs) left. Like after he did this, like, Oh, that was, that was good. I'm going to go write that down. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I must go my muse. I will see you again. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty thankful that either most people don't find me attractive or I don't think that's it. <laughs> it's my face. I think it's an intimidation thing. <laughs> because it hasn't happened a lot. And, you know, doing over 120 customers a month, more in, you know, other shops, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't happen often. It was more like I saw it or heard it happening to other stylists. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> like, I've had like oh, you got a boyfriend? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, you married? Yeah. You want to go out? No. But, -hmm. like, that's it. But I've only had one incident where this old-ass man didn't have no fucking manners, and I finished the shampoo, lean him up, and he goes, man, I wish you could do that to my hot dog. And I was just like... Like, I'm, like, looking at him in the mirror, you know, because I'm, like, behind him now. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, did you really just say that to me? Dude, you should have Sweeney Todd him. <laughs> I like, should have. That's fucking psycho. <laughs> and he just chuckled, and I was just like, huh, we're done. I mean, luckily we were done, you know, mm-hmm. but it was just like, you are too old to be acting like that. And you just talked about, and I hated when I told some clients or people about this and they're like what were you guys talking about and I'm just like maybe it's the defensive part of me like what the fuck does it matter what we were talking about but if you Mm want to know we were talking about his wife having cancer and so like where you get that from touch my hot dog and then you call it your hot dog get the fuck out of (laughs) here obviously if you're telling people about it it's it's obvious that (laughs) you found it very uncomfortable and it wasn't warranted like no and then you get fired (laughs) yeah don't come back here why like what do you mean why (laughs) because i just think 
most men are too afraid to say something in that position. But I know mm-hmm. from what you've said, like kind of about what uh, other people have said to your coworkers that yeah, some guys don't give a shit about that. Right, I just I'm think like, you're you kind of intimidating. Yeah. I mean, cause I have like intimate, deep conversations with my close clients. So it's like, even if like a topic you know, maybe of sex or something like that is brought up, it's never, like, towards each other. You mm-hmm. know, like, it doesn't cross that. It's them talking about themselves, and I'm like, oh, shit, for real? You know, just, like, casual. I'm not, like, spilling mm-hmm. my beans. And even yeah. if I did, I feel like I get a good read maybe enough to where they won't cross that boundary. Or maybe I haven't been doing their hair long enough for them to be like, alright, it's been long enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I'm I'm thankful it's hasn't been many because you got me fucked up. <laughs> I think um like with your kind of position in the service industry, it's not gonna happen as much as it would in like the food service industry. Sure. It definitely happens a a lot more and honestly to everyone, I think almost every woman or man in the service industry has a horror story or yeah. a very uncomfortable story. It seems less consequential because it's like you got your drink or your sandwich and you left. You don't have to exactly. go back there or maybe you won't work there, but like if you're going to come They're get not a haircut trying to build a relationship. or a massage, exactly. Like once you cross that and some stylists don't the first time, but like you're done, mm-hmm. you know, like go find another stylist, go tell someone why you don't go to, where you used to go to anymore like you know like you're gonna have to explain yourself and that's embarrassing Mm -hmm. and it's less of that consequence when it is a shorter interaction like a drink or a restaurant or you know anything of that sort have you ever uh worked a different service industry job dude this is the only job i've ever had that's crazy (laughs) like right out in high school still like this is all Mm -hmm. i've ever done which they should teach you in beauty school what it's like dealing with people. Oh yeah, Give like you they some, they like, don't they're person just, skills. Yeah, something. I'm just like, you want me to talk to people? I can't do that. <laughs> they're like, you have to. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> and then they don't tell you just how rude and ruthless people are. Mm-hmm. Because that's you know, why I think everyone should it, work in service, right? Or you see it at home, but it's just like over the most little things you're just like you want to be serviced by me and and you're acting like that like what makes you mm-hmm. think you're gonna get anywhere or anything good you know like what it's really the best position like even if they were to teach you these skills in a class I don't think anything is going to be better than the exposure therapy pretty much that you get whenever you're right. thrown into a job like this because you really just do not realize how people really are until they look at you like you're not a real person. And Mm -hmm. 50% at least of people coming into a restaurant, coming into a coffee shop, coming into a barber shop are looking at you like you are a robot or a simulation. Like you're Mm -hmm. not a real person. You're just, you exist to service them. And you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to kind of manipulate people to get them on your good side or just to cope with the situation and make it better for both of you in that short span of time that you're interacting. And honestly, everyone needs to work in service because if you're not good at people, you're not good at reading people, Mm -hmm. you're not good at talking, it'll force you to do that. Like before I worked in service I was like the shyest person and doing this has or doing that made me not give a shit about how how I was because I was like well I'm not as bad as these people and also (laughs) like when you kind of get in a rhythm of it it feels really good to like yeah interact with people and you just learn how to be charismatic and talk and get people to like you in a few seconds of them just interacting with you and then they leave with a good impression and you're like damn i 
they don't really even know me, but they're going right. to be thinking about the good shit that I, I did for them for like the next week. Because whenever you get good service, you're like on a high. You just yeah. leave and you're like, damn, I just had the best conversation with my barista. And <laughs> they were so nice. Yeah, I've literally had clients tell me like, Bessie, I don't know like what juju or vibes you get off, but like your aura when I leave here rubs off on me and I Aww. feel good. And I'm like, really? Don't say that. That makes me feel good. <laughs> or just like, Bessie, you're amazing at doing hair, but like, I really come here to like hang out with you for an hour. Aww. You know, like it's that one, mm -hmm. either escape from home or your kids or a conversation. You can talk about a movie you like that your partner did it, but I watched it. You know, it's like those little mm -hmm. things that like, yeah. keep them coming. Yeah. And it's, it's unfair when people consider service industry as like a backup career because customer support reps can enter the industry with like any experience level and background but like like because that's like the core of a company's success like without that they're not they're not making those sales or deals like like that's really what drives these companies because they don't know how to work with people or have those people skills so it's shitty that people really do think of us as like Oh, this, like, people used to always ask me, so what are you going to do? And I, as I'm, like, cutting their hair, and I'm, like, I'm going to cut hair. They're, like, no, but, like, after this, are you, like, in college part-time? And I'm, like, no, this is what I want to do. Like, why is that hard to fathom? Whether it's hair or barista or restaurants, like, why don't, why doesn't anyone see that as, like, a real career? Yeah, I don't know if it's um, something where we are just kind of trained to ask that because most people in the service industry, I would say more so in food and retail over being in like um, the, the beauty, beauty industry. industry. Yeah. I think uh, the other industry jobs more so are kind of temporary or we are accustomed to people leaving or only doing it while they're in college and stuff like that. And so maybe that's just kind of our automatic yeah. response to ask. It's like, oh, what, what are you going to do? But that, like, you guys are still the drive of that company, though. You know, like, you're yeah, the reason people you're the come face. back. Yeah. And so it's like that shouldn't be looked as less at all. It shouldn't be. And people, though, I don't know if it's to make themselves feel good or anything like that. They're just always trying to find a reason why they're better than someone else, whether it's because they're not on the other side of the counter or because mm -hmm. they never have to work in service. Thus they are better. Like right. they're untainted. And I even looked up like, I guess there's like a lever of jobs and it ranges from not very stressful to the most stressful. Mm -hmm. And being in customer service literally falls on that very stressful side with like CEO corporate type of jobs where you're of like course. running shit. So it's like we should be held at the same level as she them. get paid more, exactly. be more respected. Literally. Like, the, who, if these people aren't doing this, who is going to do it? Like, right. why are you not treating these people better? Don't you want to keep this ecosystem going? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you like to keep getting your hair cut? Wouldn't you like to keep getting your food and your coffee? Like, mm -hmm. why anger the people who are making your life so much easier? Right, and we're not just here to serve you. We're, like, problem solvers because shit's always happening. We're patient mm -hmm. listeners. We're empathetic human beings. And we've literally learned quality lessons and skills from working in customer service that go beyond customer service like in our personal lives like everything that you need to be a decent human being in everyone else needs that those skills mm -hmm. and they lack them and they're so unaware and that's what like baffles me Yeah, I'm curious how they're going to do a second season of White Lotus. Because I know they are, but, like, 
Like, what? Is, like, where? Is it the same characters? Are you guys just going to do this in a whole bunch of different places? Which I would still watch, but, like, again, that could get, you know, less entertaining when you just mm-hmm. know the punchline each season. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be kind of like an anthology. Because if they continued with the characters that we already were introduced to, then I don't, I doubt that, you know everyone is going to be in the same place. Right. And if our mom's not in it, shitting in people's bags, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I'm glad, though. I, I think the only person I didn't despise was the younger brother. Yeah. Because well, like, I think he is on, supposed to be the only likable character. Yeah, he's, like, so untainted, maybe is the word. I mean, he yeah. was glued to his phone, but, like, do you blame him? His family stopped. <laughs> he didn't have that standoffishness his whole family had. He didn't really care about who they were or who he was. He wanted, he just learned to accept his position. Like, right. his sister throws him out. He's like, all right, I'm going to sleep on the fucking beach. I'm in Hawaii. <laughs> and then he just goes with the flow and... Goes into the water with those guys and know, then runs so away. Good. I was yeah. like, run! Run as fast as you <laughs> can! You can't catch me! I'm the gingerbread man! <laughs> yeah. I want to do that. I'm so jealous. I want to fucking run away. Right? For real. Somewhere beautiful. Yeah. Just find a, a group of handsome men and be on a boat. Like, I'll join ya. <laughs> I have strong arms. <laughs> Look at my cap shoulders. <laughs> Are there really any other shows like White Lotus, like solely based on the satire of capitalism and shitty tourism? I bet there is that we just haven't heard of. Um, there are shows where it's not, you know, they're not doing it that deep, but there is that view of the service industry, like with kind of ridiculous customers have Mm -hmm. you ever seen party down Mm -mm. you should watch it it's on hulu um it's it follows a group of people that work for a catering company that caters parties and so every episode is like a different party Mm -hmm. adam scott is the main character in it and yeah just follows him and janice ian from mean girls and Mm -hmm. uh, a slew of people and they're eccentric customers and the weird parties that they go to. And that's a, that one I think has some good moments where you see like rich people that get caterers at their party, just kind of being very dismissive of mm-hmm. the people that they hired, even though you're relying on these people to make your event go smoothly. But why would they give a shit if you're going to treat them badly? Then they're yeah. just kind of going to fuck around, get high, eat the snacks. <laughs> like, <Right>. <laughs> why would we care? Yeah. I'm honestly surprised there's not more shows like this. Maybe that's why Why Lotus blew up so much. Because it was in your face. This is the problem. And it would be funny to, like, think hear the perspective of people who are more well-off people who go on vacation like this and if they understood the mirror or they saw the mirror being held up to them or if they're like no that's not me because guys even if it's not fully you it's you to some degree it's even you if you're not a rich person and you're just kind of someone drifting through life not acknowledging the other humans around you because it's very easy to be dismissive of people if you just don't take the time to kind of look them in the eye and realize you're asking a human being to make you something and you need to acknowledge that yeah be nice it just blows my mind that you know at some point we're all gonna be customers to somebody and to really think that like that there's genuinely either some people that don't have to be like serving somebody whether it's you know a big business deal or you know subway doesn't matter to not have some acknowledgement or they just like one ear out the other experience Mm -hmm. and some people just romanticize it so much i think well that's a big problem with 
the younger generations, like they look at bartending they're like, wow, that would be so fun. You know, you get to hang out in a cool place and meet cool people. And it's like, no, not at all. You think those people are enjoying their, their life? Like not every night, definitely yeah. not every night you encounter it's dirty. It's a gritty job. Whole and hours, drugs, yeah, and like, you have to just kind of like suck it up a lot if you want to make mm-hmm. tips. And yeah. there's so many kids like romanticizing that. And then even in my job, um, whenever I was under a different manager, I was working at Whole Foods because even though I had a decent paying job, you know, I needed to work two jobs to kind of be able to make rent and then also have something extra. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I was working at Whole Foods on the weekends and he came in and saw me there. It was really embarrassing for me just because of his reaction. Like I didn't feel shame in working there. It was just the, like, he didn't know how to talk to me because I was there. And I'm like, I don't know if I either just caught him off guard or maybe he felt bad for me because I was there. Cause he came from a well-to-do background and went to like a very expensive college and all that stuff so I doubt he's really been where I've been Mm -hmm. and I overheard him a few days later in our office uh, talking to one of our other co-workers about how he he's thinking about getting like a job at Whole Foods because he loves he loves Whole Foods and he's always there and he's like I might as well work there and I'm like you fucking asshole like you don't realize what what you're saying yeah yeah like we're not there because we want to be we're there because we have to be fucking ass like (laughs) like oh i want to be down to i want to go be with the underlings you know like i love kick it back (laughs) yeah it's like you love a place don't ever work there (laughs) it'll ruin it yeah like i never go to whole foods anymore (laughs) i'm thankful now i've when I worked at Supercut starting out, I did have a good boss right off the bat. But after her, until my recent bosses, like garbage. Like when someone doesn't know what it's like to be in your position, they like they can't actually empathize with you with what you can actually physically do for the the company like like, I cannot crank out 30 haircuts every day. Like, I'm not eating. My fucking body hurts. My customer service is going to go down because I'm cranky. <laughs> and my haircut quality is going to go down because you want me to do a haircut in 15 minutes and I'm not a fucking robot. Like, do you know what it's like to stand on this side of the chair and physically and mentally be a, a therapist and a friend and everything above in, like, a 30 minute span like no so do not treat me like a robot and and think like oh you can you can do this like but can you no i didn't fucking think so <laughs> so until you're in that position and i'm lucky now my bosses are still cutting hair and have for 20 plus years so they are always team us it's never I mean, if you genuinely fuck up someone's haircut, which, you know, isn't a thing there. But it's like, okay, yeah, they're going to be like, okay, we'll fix it. Here's a refund or something like that. But like, oh, like I get complaints because I'm fucking rude on the phone. (laughs) But that's because they're rude to me first. And I'm not going to take it. And I don't think any of the girls should be walked over. And I don't think the shop should. And my boss has never, ever not had my back about it. It's always like, okay, fuck them. If they're going to be like that, we don't want them as Mm -hmm. customers. We want people that respect our craft and time. So it's like a big difference when a boss knows what it's like and is on your side and not, oh, the customer's always right. Like, no, they are not. This is not Burger King. (laughs) Not your way unless you're behind (laughs) there flipping fucking patties. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so... I think, yeah, it should be taught in school or you should be forced to have that job because it's not how it works. Like, the customers, sorry, I don't really think ever right. Like, I'm the professional, you're coming to me. You can have an opinion, but, like, that's about it. 
Like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, fuck mm-hmm. you over because that's not who I am. And I am a professional, so, like, you can trust me. But you're not going to tell me how to do my job because you don't know how to actually do it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, if you're upset about a policy a place has, first yeah. of all, that's not really, like, um, <laughs> That's not my problem. Fault. That's yeah. not your problem or your fault. But there, it's not like you getting mad over the phone is going to change anything. No, and again, you being shitty off the bat is not going to get you any privileges. If you were empathetic and was like, I am so sorry, I know how inconvenient this is, you know, sell me that you're sorry. I'll I'll give you some some leeway. But if you're just coming off like that's that's a stupid fucking policy, blah blah blah, I'm not going to come back here. I'm going to be like, okay, bye. I already told you I don't make the rules, so I don't know what you want from me. They're not going to bend for you. And no one's bending for someone who's just rude and not appreciating your time and doesn't think you should be paid for your work, but, oh, they had some work shit come up that they can't pass up. You know, like, again, it's that level of you don't respect my craft and work to the level of yours for some reason. But there's a reason you're coming here and not going to Great Clips for five ninety nine coupons. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's the fact that, like, they don't respect you or your workplace, but they are asking and demanding you to respect them and their mm-hmm. life and their, like, decisions and poor planning. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the last episode. I'm defensive. And so once you try it, oh, there it goes. <laughs> That's gone. Bye. <laughs> Not getting nothing from me. Plus, like, if you're really cool with your stylist or anyone you go see on that level, to anyone listening to this, when you are kind to us and give us that little bit of crumb, whether it's a thank you, uh, actually asking, how have we been? What have you been up to? We will go above and beyond for you. You know, like, my close clients and my loyal ones, they get the best of the best. and nothing else so like you can literally get that by doing the bear and we'll we'll give you those slides and those chances and the understanding because you show us that you respect my time and craft and it's a it's a two-way street of not business but like enjoying what we're giving each other and that's anything not just cutting hair or you know, it's getting your coffee, like you said, or your sandwich, like, oh, you want these bag of chips? Here you go. (laughs) Be nice to all your service workers. If you want, you know, that extra shot of caffeine in the morning, if you want a discount, free toppings on your sammies, like just be nice to people and you will see the rewards. You will. will. (laughs) At some point, Mm -hmm. it's going to get paid out to you. I promise. Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't know it, there's been so many times where I've just discreetly not charged someone for something which i will say has uh gone around and like (laughs) fucked someone else because they've been like either the customer in their mind is just like oh well this other person charged me me." yeah Yeah, and it's like it's a little more expensive this time what's going on (laughs) sure um but then you know you'll realize that someone did you a favor literally and just be nice people and maybe we'll accept your expired coupons like yeah that's it dude Let's get into some questions, shall we? Yes, we we should. What's a personality trait you wish you had more of and why? I wish I was more... I don't know if this is a personality trait. Like, I I know it is. Like, outgoing. Mm -hmm. Like, to be, like, more approachable. Because I'm very cold at first. And that probably Mm -hmm. affects how things could have gone a certain way or people I've interacted with or opportunities maybe. So I'd say, yeah, just more outgoing and approachable. What about you? Probably being more positive and just Mm. very, I don't know, just ever since I was young, just takes a lot to really make me content or 
happy in a situation. Are you like glass half empty type person then? Yeah, I guess so. I just kind of look at everything like what's the point, which is kind of freeing in a sense where Mm -hmm. it's like, so what's the point then? Like, what's the point in not doing something? But just a lot of the times my kind of standard mood is bleh. And I wish I was a little bit happier and I could bring joy to other people because I feel like I can be a negative drain on people close to me. And so, you know, that's not a good feeling. When was the last time you cried and why? I cry every day. (laughs) Dude, I tear up so easy. It's like not even (laughs) funny. (laughs) Like it could be a TikTok about a cat found on the road. I'm like, oh, (laughs) fuck. But I would say like, uh cried i think it was last week when i was visiting family and you know we were kind of just on the around the table all the like functioning adults and started talking about family cycle history of what we've all been through and oh my god mom didn't know some of my trauma and so they kind of just like, I broke down a little bit about it, but but like I said, I, I probably teared up yesterday watching a cat video. So, <laughs> but I like crying, crying. Yeah, that would, yeah, it would be last it's week. But it's often I'm a crier. Yeah. That's how I get every emotion out: happy, sad, angry, Damn. whatever. I just cry, and then I'm like, okay, I feel better. <laughs> yeah, it does. You don't come across that way, or like really? you be like that. Yeah. No, I'm a crier. Because <laughs> you kind of seem like placid, like just very like calm and stoic yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, my whole family's a crier. Like my mom's a crier. My dad's a crier. Like I think I just, we all only know how to express. Like I'm not a yeller. I won't scream. Like I just mm-hmm. get it out by that. So maybe it's like genetic or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. That's my family yells and is angry and loud so that's that's do you cry easily like if you watch a sad movie or like like someone getting married and it's so sweet you tear up ew no no (laughs) i'll make sure not not to watch any of that around you (laughs) like i when i was younger i i I actually my family thought i had a problem because i never cried like really i and my sisters still to this day have like that um that vision of me, that idea of me that I'm just like a robot mm. that can't compute human emotion. Oh, no. And it's just like growing up in the family I did, we're, we're not huggers. We're not people that really say, I love you. Right. We're not, uh, we're not in t- touch with our emotions. And so after leaving the house and like being in a relationship for this long, it, my emotional connection with myself has definitely changed. I'm a bit more in tune with it and I know how to, I think show my emotions and affection a little bit better now. And I do cry a lot more often <laughs> than I used to yeah. growing up, but I still I don't tear up that often. I get, I cry when I get angry. Yeah. That's really, that's almost every time I cry is because I was angry. Yeah. Well, I'm going to like, I'm not a hugger either, but I'm just going to force it now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like my friend Brett has to do with me. He's like, come on, give me a hug. And I'm like, I don't, He's like, yes, you do. And I'm like, okay. Oh, when was the first time you realized your mortality? This is going to sound fucked up. I don't even know if I should say it. (laughs) When I was really young, like as young as I can remember, like five, six, seven, eight. uh, My dad used to always threaten to kill us. And so I, I knew death could, you know, was a thing young. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you know what's going to happen to you <laughs> when yeah, someone said, yeah. I think it definitely made me not, like, scared to die. Like, I'm not scared of death or anything. Maybe how I die, but definitely mm-hmm. not scared of dying. I know it's going to happen. So, yeah, I'd say, like, really young. Four, mm-hmm. five, six, seven. What about you? I think it's whenever I crashed my dad's car into a tree. And, like, the car, like, split in half. And I blacked out and woke up and my face was entirely swollen and my dad was passed out. And I thought I killed him. Mm -hmm. 
and I had to like wake him up and yank him out of the car. Uh, How old were you? I was fourteen. That's scary. But yeah, that yeah, and but he he definitely used that moment to make himself out to be a hero. He <laughs> kept like retelling the story around our family members, and he's like, "Oh, and then uh, I came to, and Zuzu was passed out in the driver's seat, <laughs> and I I jumped out of the car, I ripped my seatbelt off, I yanked her door open, and I pulled her out of the car. I was like, Zuzu, we have to go. It smells like smoke. The car's gonna blow up, and I'm like, Are you? You're like that was me, me Dad." <laughs> That was me. I'm like sitting there looking like a mutant with half of my face swollen and like my eyes shut. And the doctor's like telling my mom, well, if uh, her face doesn't look okay in like a few days, we might have to reconsider or we might have to consider reconstructive surgery. Oh and my mom's like, oh my God. Um, like, but my nose job I've always wanted. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, is this the time? But no, I just did it the normal way where they go in for a deviated septum mm. and come out with a whole new nose. So I had a client do that. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. I cut him and his husband's hair, and he was like, I don't know why he 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 didn't really need that deviated septum fixed. And I was like, well, he looks good. <laughs> if I had your job, what do you think I'd find most challenging about it? I think considering that you haven't done a job <laughs> Anything even else. close to mine, <laughs> yeah. you'd find a lot difficult. Yeah, I think you might find kind of the like sucking it up mm-hmm. and niceties like the politeness of it probably pretty hard and then also like the public speaking aspect of it even though we're all here from home it's so much better this way thankfully where when you have meetings you don't have to actually stand up in front of a bunch of people but you do have to know how to speak to a lot of people and really get across a point in a way that everyone can understand it even though what you're doing is kind of convoluted and explaining it to people is really hard. Um, yeah. And you get a lot of questions and all that. There's just so much frustration with this job. And honestly, even if the work is complex, actually doing the work is the fun part in mm-hmm. my opinion. What about you? I would, I mean, you've been in customer service, so I think you have a gist of the feel, mm-hmm. but I definitely think, probably taking on people in longer periods like how I have someone for 45 to an hour Mm -hmm. and just taking everything they're saying you know no matter if they're asking you like hey can I open up or vent it's just like shit poured on you and you don't really have a choice Mm -hmm. so I think that heaviness of carrying each client's life I don't think a lot of people are built or prepared yeah prepared I mean, I'm not built for it either, but prepared is a better word. Very draining. It is, yeah. But I'd say that or just physically standing all day, that that, that mm-hmm. gets hard on you. But I, I think you've done that in your service jobs. Oh, yeah. Working yeah. like double shifts and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not something I'd ever want to go back to, but right. I know that, that pain. Yeah, just the guaranteed you're going to get like arthritis or... Oh, I'm guaranteed that. that. Oh, yeah, that's sitting true. here on my computer. <laughs> yeah, I like am so obsessive now about making sure I'm doing like my arm stretches mm-hmm. because I can feel like my right hand and wrist yeah. seizing up. It's not nice. Yeah, I don't think people realize when there's like a vibrating, heavy piece of machinery in your hand, like that, it goes deep and you start to feel it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like. A solid tool that you maneuver like it's the tool moving and you're trying to contain it that's why you charge more do less smarter not mm-hmm. harder you know exactly <laughs> they're getting lighter the the tools <laughs> so that'll help in the long run and then i'll get to a point where you don't actually have to touch the tool you move it with your mind i'd be down for like cyborg arms and shoulders and knees like it works they look so then. sleek I know, right? Like, just gold to match my gold blow dryer. It'd be great. Right? <laughs> That'd be, be perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. If you've made it this far, we hope you enjoyed it. This concludes our episode. Hope you could relate, empathize, 
pass on the knowledge. And if you're in the service industry, stay strong. Thanks for listening, guys. And just remember, people, this ain't Burger Burger King. King. (laughs) (laughs) Not your way. You can't have it your way. (laughs) 